Welcome to the show. John Scholes here along with Alex Luchafero. Courtesy Sam Firu to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Alex is here to educate and inform you on your employment law rights. They're, uh, they're quite robust. They're all on your side. But if you don't know about them, you ain't taking advantage of them. So this is why we're doing this half hour show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then the weekend shows as well. We are all over this like a hobo and a ham sandwich. Also the TV show. You can catch that on the weekends on Global TV as well as CTV. If you want to send along an email, we'll uh, endeavor to get some of those on the air. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we always uh, direct people to the uh, the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. If you're wondering where you can get more information, where not, you're not making the phone call, or even before you call Alex off air or uh, go to the website, uh, you can simply go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Lots of information there to be gleaned as well. The severance calculator is free and anonymous, a tool that was uh, created by Lior and Company years ago and has been used by over 2 million Canadians to figure out, wow, that's what my severance really should be. So that's good information to have. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. On the show uh, today, we're going to be talking about employment rights. When a business is sold, maybe you've gone through this. There's more of that coming up with the uh, ripple effect of COVID for sure. It's been uh, it's been an uptick for sure. We'll get to those talking points. Alex, we always start out with something you've been working on, uh, a matter. What's, uh, what's happening, pal? Hey, John, thanks very much. Another Monday night edition of the Employment yeah, Law man. Show. Great to be here as always. And, uh, you know, always a pleasure to be live on the air talking employment law, talking workplace rights, whether you're dealing with uh, a temporary layoff or severance, your employment's been terminated, or if you're dealing with changes in the workplace, if your boss is uh, proposing some sort of changes to your position or your pay, uh, or if your employer is giving you a hard time at, at work and you feel like you're being bullied and harassed, really, if it has to do with your work, if it has to do with your employment rights, we, of course, cover it all here on this uh, very show. And uh, like usual, uh, John, the fall is a particularly busy time for us. It's been another busy start to the week. A lot of people calling us at the office, asking questions over email, asking questions online. Some of those people, and you, know, you might have seen it in the news out there, the, certainly the tech industry is uh, getting a bit of a hit uh, nowadays, people losing their jobs. Unfortunately, it's not unusual, John, at this time of year to, for companies companies to be making changes. Yep. Listen, obviously, you know, that unfortunately means uh, people are going to be restructured out of their jobs doesn't mean the employee's done anything wrong necessarily. doesn't mean your employer is the worst uh, person in the world. It just means that sometimes these are the business realities that businesses and employers face. Uh, and if that does happen to you, if you're one of those employees out there that's part of restructuring and you've been let go from your job, listen, you're in a situation now where you have to look out for yourself. You have to make sure you get what, you are, what you're owed. Uh, and that's exactly what we're here to talk about uh, on this show, on our weekend shows, on the TV show, all of our online stuff. As employment lawyers, we're here to inform you on your legal rights to make sure that you know what you're owed if you lost your job or if something else happens to you in the workplace, you know exactly what your rights are, exactly what your options are and what you need to do. So listen, you know, if, if, you're, if you're out there, if you're going to be losing your job, you've given, given, been given notice of termination, you're staring at a termination letter, perhaps, or some sort of severance offer, I can tell you now, John, the offer is going to provide almost certainly for a lot less than what you're actually owed. So stay tuned to find out exactly how much an employee is owed. And actually, that segues quite nicely into the case of the day. Uh, John, let me talk, talk to you about a matter that uh, is actually a couple of weeks old now, several weeks old, but actually just resolved today. So we just put pen to paper 
on an agreement uh, today, John, and it's to do with severance. And I think this is a uh, good case to talk about. It provides a good example of, listen, if I could say so myself, a bit of a success story. I like to pat myself on the back once in a while. Yep. I deserve it, as nice. we all do. But, uh, but, but also, it's just an example of really how straightforward these matters are and a couple of issues to look out for when we're dealing with the severance calculation and what employees are actually owed. So very, very briefly, uh, John, um, I was uh, assisting a very nice lady in her early 50s. She had been with the company for about 11 years. I think it was just over 11 years, if I remember correctly. Uh, so been with the company for over 10 years uh, and was in a customer service manager position. So you know, management level position. She had a group of employees she supervised, but you know, not not particularly senior in the company. She was kind of lower level management, if we can call it that. And she was let go from her job in about mid October. Uh, so this again would have been kind of three four weeks ago at this point in time. And so again, keeping in mind, John, early fifties, eleven years of service, lower level management uh, uh, position. At termination, John, she was offered thirty two weeks of pay. That's about seven and a half months uh, of pay of base salary only. And she was also offered only eight weeks of her benefits continuing. So two months of her benefits coverage and health and dental benefits and the like, uh, yeah. and about seven and a half months of pay as severance for again, a 50, uh, 52 year old employee with 11 years of service in a management level position. And so when I spoke to this lady all those weeks ago, I told her, no, not an acceptable offer. Uh, you should be looking at something much closer to, let's say, 12 months. That's probably the most likely number as a severance package for you. One year's pay, again, for an 11-year employee. Not only that, uh, John, so we got to work on that. We contacted the company. We actually sent the company a letter. And this is typically what we'll do in these kinds of uh, situations. We'll send a, a, an, an employer an initial letter. And then there's a bit of back and forth, back and forth negotiation, usually some discussions between the employer or their HR representative, or perhaps their lawyer as well. Uh, and over that back and forth, uh, John, over, you know, really was just a couple of weeks, we got them to, guess what, improve their offer to 12 months, to 52 weeks, which was wow. excellent. We got the, the correct number relatively straightforwardly, John. And again, this is not this is not magic. I'm not, I'm not going to pat myself on the back too, too much uh, because, I mean, that was the right number really for this lady. Sure. It doesn't, didn't take a heck of a lot of convincing. Even more interestingly than that, uh, uh, John, this lady also had a bonus component to her compensation. So she doesn't wasn't just earning a base salary as a manager. She was earning a bonus pretty regularly, pretty much year in, year out. She received some sort of bonus amount. Well, guess what? We also got the company to include her bonus for the year, which was you know a huge win for her. She was more than happy to see that money, more than happy to receive the right severance offer. And I guess the point here, uh, John, a couple of them is number one: these matters aren't complicated; they're not time-consuming. A lot of a lot of times, we're able to resolve these kinds of severance claims quite easily over the course of just a few weeks. And secondly, be careful about an employer severance offer. A lot of times, they're not including bonus, they're not including commissions, they're not including benefits. And again, oftentimes, those are items that we can quite easily uh, include into the severance package over the course of the full severance period, not the reduced period that an employer originally offers. Nicely done. I'm going to give you a, a, a pat on the back. I hope you can feel it. It's virtual over the radio, buddy. Much but, uh, appreciated. You, yeah, you, you got it. That's that's exactly why <laughs> you guys exist and do what you do for sure. It's because you got it down. People just need to reach out and realize, you know what, it's not what the boss or what HR said. This is what you get. No, that's incorrect. They either don't know better or they're going to uh, they're going to try to undercut you and, and save a bit of uh, a bit of scratch. You can't blame them for that. But 
They're not going to with it any longer. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and the uh, severance pay calculator available at that website can also help doing what Alex did as well. But we'll take a short break and into our topic for the uh, for the day, and we continue the Employment Law Show. And welcome back to it. And Alex Lucifero is your guy representing Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Uh, employment rights or employee rights, rather, when a business is sold. Number one, when a business is sold, Alex, do the employees automatically get severance? Uh, break that down, man. Yeah, they, they don't automatically get severance, uh, John, very simply because their employment isn't automatically terminated. So when a business is sold, it really, you know, there is a purchasing employer and there's a selling employer, of course. The answer to this question really depends on whether the purchasing company, the purchasing entity, uh, keeps those employees, continues those employees' uh, employment. If the purchasing company says, sure, absolutely, continue working, you know, you're going to keep working for the company, we want you here, we want you around, well, those employees then don't get severance. Uh, John, their, their employment actually doesn't come to an end, technically speaking. It's just the owner of the company changes, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. Now, the opposite is also true. So if a purchasing company says, no, actually, employee, we don't want you here, you're not going to work for the purchasing uh, company, and they don't work a day for that new company, their employment ends upon the sale, upon the closing of the sale of the business, well, those employees whose employment don't continue, of course, are owed severance. And they're actually owed severance, John. Uh, the same as any other employee who's let go from a job ordinarily and is owed severance based on their age, position, and years of service. And, you know, keeping in mind, of course, the longer their service, the more senior their position, the older that employee is, the more severance they're going to get. Severance could be as much as 24 months, two years of pay, which is obviously very significant for longer term, more senior, older employees. We're talking about uh, what employee employee rights when a business is sold. So what happens to employees' length of service if they continue working? This is always, and this point really comes to light if it becomes a matter of severance later on. But uh, give us some details on that. Yeah, it absolutely does, John. And it's something that actually, you know, listen, the larger corporations who obviously have legal representation when they're purchasing or selling a business, you know, this is kind of less common. But for smaller, maybe even medium-sized businesses, maybe they're not, you know, maybe they're getting some commercial law or corporate advice from their from their corporate lawyers if they're selling a business. They're not necessarily getting employment law advice. And so this is where employers trip up and make mistakes. The fact is, John, by default, so this is nothing that an employee has to physically do or state or put in writing by default. And this is under the Employment Standards Act. If your employment continues with the purchasing employer, if there is a sale uh, of a business and your employment continues seamlessly throughout that purchase and sale, your length of service counts from day one, not from the date that the new company or the new business uh, took or the new owner took over. Your your length of service doesn't restart at that point in time. You have the same start date uh, with the predecessor, with the selling company, even though the owner has technically changed. So you get to keep all of that seniority, all of those years of service, and kind of carry that over to right. the new company, to the company that's uh, that's purchased the other company. And that obviously counts for a lot, John. As you just suggested, of course, length of service is a key consideration, along with your age and along with your position, in calculating your severance entitlements. And again, as I was just saying at the start of, uh, of these comments, that's where employers trip up. And they can trip up in a couple of different ways. They can either trip up 
uh, in not counting those previous years of service. So an employer that doesn't know what they're doing considers that employee who's been carried over from the old company as a day one employee. And maybe they start their vacation pay all over again, or they, you know, they try and, I don't know, they try and start them at a lower pay all over again. Not, not how it works. Uh, right. That's one way that they trip up. They try and treat those employees as brand spanking new when they're absolutely not. They're existing long service employees. Yeah. The other way that they trip up, John, is when they let these employees go, they might not be offering them the proper amount of severance considering those previous uh, years of service. And so that purchasing company can be inheriting. And I've seen this so many times. And it's, it's actually very common. They inherit inherit these long service employees with significant severance entitlements, right? And they really don't know it and they don't give it much thought. And then when they want to let these go, these employees go, it might be a year later, a couple of years later, or even a couple of months later, they are now shocked to realize, holy cow, these employees might be owed one year, 18 months, two years of severance, depending on their length of service. And that's obviously quite the sticker shock for an employer who's just purchasing, just purchasing a company. I want to take a flip over to get a call in between here. Ryan, thanks for uh, taking the time, pal. How are you? Good. Thank you very much. How are you guys doing? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? Good, though. Just had a question with regards to, I'm sure, between Facebook and Twitter layoffs. What happens if you've received uh, just a notice that your job may be impacted? Are you, is that considered a layoff or you're kind of in limbo and what, uh, what rights would you have in terms of uh, termination, pay, severance, mm-hmm. benefits, everything? I think uh, a lot of us are left without any further communication, so yeah. don't know uh, what's happening. Yeah, it's an excellent question, uh, Ryan, and appreciate you calling in. And you know, listen, it's obviously an unfortunate one because we're we're obviously seeing this now as employment lawyers, particularly with you know with Meta. Uh, Facebook's parent company with Twitter as well. And there are, you know, a couple of other uh, larger uh, corporations in the tech sector where we're, you know, employees are really feeling the squeeze and it's been a tough year for those companies and and for uh, their employees. To answer your question, Ryan, listen, the law is crystal clear that any kind of notice of termination has to be clear and unequivocal. And those are exactly the two words that the law uses. And so If you have been given formal notice that your employment is coming to an end, effective a certain date, well, then your employment has been terminated and we can talk severance and we can talk what you're owed. And of course, we have to look at your age, position, years of service. You might want to look at any kind of employment contract that you might have signed with the company. But if you've just been given a a kind of general notice, Ryan, that your job may be impacted or that your employment may be terminated moving forward, that is effectively meaningless. I mean, it might be practically valuable for you in that you might want to start looking at what's out there perhaps and kind of thinking about what may come next. But from a legal point of view, that is not notice of termination. It's not really notice of anything. So the question I would have to you then in response is, have you been given formal official notice of a termination date or are you just been given a heads up that your job may or may not be coming to an end? The the latter. So it's no formal okay. termination date. It's just your job may be impacted. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's we've heard from a number of people that they have been laid off, but it seems that this is the only communication I've had so far. So that Fair means Fair it's enough. possible that they can call you back in and you would have to return to work if... 
Well, have you been laid off, Ryan? So are you are you on some sort of layoff where you're not currently working? Well, they've removed all access to the company and whatever. And oh, wow. it says that your job may be impacted, but essentially we can't go to the office or anything and no communication otherwise. Are you still being paid? I'm not sure. Not, uh, it, I guess. Wow. So the uh, middle of the month, uh, maybe a couple days or two weeks from now to see whether the um, employment pay comes through or not. Mm -hmm. So that's quite concerning, Ryan, I, I do have to say. And, and so, you know, to, to add on top of my previous comments, if you're in a situation where, you know, again, you haven't been given formal notice of termination, so there's no clear indication that your job has formally come to an end. But at the same time, you've effectively been told to kind of sit at home and do nothing and you don't have access to your work. You're not formally working. And particularly if you're not being paid, right? And I mean, that's, I, I would get on that immediately. You need to know if you're being paid or not. And if you have not been paid or if you are not being paid, that's effectively uh, what's a, what's called a temporary layoff. You've been kind of put on ice. You've been sent home and you're not doing any work and you're not, you're not receiving any pay you may very well be able to treat that, Brian, as a termination. And that actually might be preferable to sticking around and figuring out what's going to happen uh, in the future. Uh, so that's something you need clarity on this issue as yeah. soon as possible. I mean, I, I would get on this tomorrow. If you have been sent home and you're not working and you're not being paid, I suggest you give us a call at the office. Let's have a chat about your options uh, off air and get into a little bit more detail. Them not paying you, Ryan, is effectively the equivalent of a termination. It's what we call a constructive dismissal. I mean, what's it's effectively a breach of contract, right? So, in an employment setting, what you know, there's nothing more obvious a breach of contract than not paying an employee and not giving them work to do. And it sounds like that's the situation that you're in. Listen, mm -hmm. if you're being paid, but you're being told not to do anything. I don't know if I'd make us think about that quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're not but if you're not being paid, yeah, uh, one, then I think that's a massive problem. Still a big question mark whether the payment's going to go through. So have to get And that, and that's that you know, that's sounding some serious alarm bells from from mine that mm -hmm. is not a situation any employee wants to be in Ryan. So, you know, do some digging, get get some information tomorrow and what I would suggest you do is contact us offline, you know, give us a call at the office or send this send this an email through John will give you the contact information. Let's have a chat and see if we can figure Perfect. this out. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate that, pal. And to get a hold of, which I know you're going to do, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And just as an aside, because uh, Ryan and then, of course, you, Alex, were mentioning, you know, Twitter and Meta, parent company of Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. They have offices. They have employees up here, of course. But, and this is mm -hmm. for, of course, Ryan and anybody else who may be facing a termination, you are under Canadian law not american law going forward because that makes a colossal difference doesn't it that's an excellent point john you're absolutely right if you reside in ontario and if you work uh, in ontario even if you're working remotely even if you're working from home uh, i mean i've seen situations john where it's a u.s-based company and they don't even mm -hmm. have an office in canada right they just right. have employees working remotely you are still a canadian employee uh, and you have the same rights the same entitlements specifically when it comes to severance, as any other employee in Canada or specifically in Ontario uh, do. 
you, you know, the employer doesn't get a discount just because they're based out of the U.S. or the parent company is in the U.S. I can tell you, John, that, you know, severance in the U.S. works very, very differently. You don't want to be considered a U.S. employee and you won't be if you work and reside in Canada. And, uh, you know, our laws are quite favorable to employees. It needs to be said, particularly when it comes mm -hmm. to severance. Uh, you know, our, our severance laws are quite favorable uh, to employees. They're ultimately meant to kind of hold employee employees over until they can find new work. That's the reason why the law around severance developed in the first place. And uh, I could tell you, it's very, very different in the States. Uh, and so we're, we should be happy with our employment laws here. Get to a quick email here with the last minute of the show. Cindy says, uh, hey, Alex, I was promised a promotion last year. This year, didn't get it. It was given to someone else with less qualifications and experience. Can this be considered discrimination? Interesting. Yeah. So uh, listen, it would have to be discrimination on a particular ground, uh, uh, Cindy. So it would have to be on the basis of, you know, age, religion, gender, nationality, etc. cetera, uh, for it to be considered discrimination. So I'd want to have a little bit, you know, of a more in-depth chat with you to determine whether you think or whether there's any evidence of the fact that it might be discriminatory. It, still, I, I think this is problematic potentially for an employer Whenever an employer promises an employee something, uh, John, and then reneges on that promise, mm -hmm. that is potentially a problem. That is potentially liability for an employer. As an employer, if I'm putting my employer hat on right now, you don't want to be in that situation. You shouldn't be promising anything to an employee that you can't deliver. And so, Cindy, you might have some recourse here, right? I don't know if it's necessarily discrimination, but if your employer promised you something monetarily and then took it away from you, or even if it was a promotion, you know, there, there might be an angle there that, that, uh, that you can attack. You know, uh, that said, perhaps the other side of the coin very quickly, John, is, listen, we see promotions being given to people with less qualifications or less experience. Ultimately, yeah. to a large extent, that is still within an employer's discretion. A lot of times you won't be able to contest a decision like that. The employer needs to live and die with its decisions if they're promoting somebody that hasn't earned it. That'll ultimately be on them. Gotcha. But um, a word, you know, a word of caution here for employers: don't promise your employees things that you can't deliver, because again, that creates liability. And uh, you know, Cindy, if you're listening, give us a call. Let's have a chat off air. Depending on the specific circumstances, you might have some bargaining power here and some leverage to maybe get what you want out of your employer. And we are done, but back in tomorrow. In the meantime, reach out to Alex and company, 1-855-821-5900. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca and always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Free, anonymous, and access to the severance calculator. The Employment Law Show.